Hello, and welcome back to He's Abroad. My name is Jason. As always, I am joined by John, who is abroad in New Zealand. What's up, John? Doing all right. Doing been a good. while. We had a week Has off. Been a while. We had a, we had a week off. I went and watched some UFC fights. Oh, is that what happened? Up north, that's exactly what happened. I went on, uh, yeah, I had a busy weekend, and the day that would work best for recording, I was not in Wellington. I took the hour flight to Auckland, watched a UFC event, watched boxing at a bar, got back on the plane, was home by 9 o'clock. So that is the joys of living in a small country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how long's the flight? Hour. Okay, that's not 45 bad. minutes like, to an hour? And also... Getting through security at that air at that airport, at least the one in Wellington, is super easy. Uh, it took me about a minute to get through security. And again, when you don't pack a bag, and you don't, you pretty much empty your pockets, walk through, pick the stuff out of your pockets, go to the lounge, have some food, get on the plane, take a forty-five minute nap, wake up, back in your city. It's great. It's nice. I had uh, yeah, because I'll do day trips to Montreal sometimes. And yeah, similar. I'm guessing similar. Flight it's time. easy, but you have to deal with all the bullshit security. So yeah, even with yeah, yeah. even with pre-check, which for the most part is fine. And I always, I always assume something's going to go wrong, so I give myself an excessive amount of time at an airport. How much do you have to do as far as going through Canada? Since it's been such a long time since I've gone into Canada from the U.S., hmm. is there much so, that you need to do when you're making that short a trip? Do they do extra screening, or do you have to? Oh, when you get when you get to Canada, you mean? No, when you get back to New York from Canada. Oh, when you get back to oh, like, it's, do you, do you, have to go you actually it? do you actually do the check at the airport? Uh, okay, cool. Yep, you do it there. Okay. Yeah, so it's like the first time I went to the first time we went to Japan. I connected through Toronto with Air Canada. Right. And so it was a direct flight from Toronto to Tokyo. And when I came back, all the U.S. stuff was done in Canada, which was interesting. Okay. Makes sense. So it was nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Montreal Airport, it's interesting because they have like this enormous airport. And then they have the section, which is just for U.S. stuff. And it's really tiny. And it kind of sucks. No disrespect, okay. Montreal yeah. Airport Terminal that takes you to the U.S. destinations, but I don't like you. That's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. It's fine. Um, anyway, we uh, we interrupted a very important conversation before this, uh, before we started recording, and then we're like, yeah, we should probably, you, you suggest that we continue this conversation. Uh, I was mentioning that my hands are all like, all right, I'm getting all crackly and bloody knuckled because of my dry skin, and I've mentioned that I hate uh, hand lotion which I do. It feels gross. Um, and then you, you, you said, my response was welcome to be in black. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting life now. You know, I feel, um, you know, I, I really like Joe Biden now. I, uh, I'm using hand lotion. There's, there's a lot of things, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of interesting things to this whole bleed. Well, the black thing, thing is, well, the thing is, is that your hands were probably always dry. You just can't see it. Right. When black people, it's very obvious when you got dry skin. Is that right? Well, I yeah, guess pretty much it. Yeah, but do you? So you feel it or you see it? In black people, I would say that arguably I see it before I necessarily feel it. Like yeah. I can tell that my hands are probably perpetually ashy, but I can also look at the webbing in my fingers or my knuckles or my elbows and see. Yeah, you need to put some lotion on. Other people can see it as well. Like I'd never be able to tell if your hands were dry. Yeah, true. Maybe, but you would if all my if you're bleeding bloody. Then yeah, yeah if you're bleeding then that's a different problem <laughs> then that means yeah, it's gross it's cold and your skin's cracking yeah and then they're and then they're 
kind of bloody, and then I got to play hockey, so I put them in my gross, sweaty glove. It's uh, th- that's how problems start. Jesus, that's this is why I've sort of made a choice in my life to not live in snow. <laughs> I'm kind of done doing that. I don't think that's going to ever happen again. But you still put on the hand lotion. I do because it doesn't matter if the slightest bit of cold the ash shows up. It's just the way that it works. Fair enough. I don't like it. It just feels slimy and gross. I guess I'm not skilled enough in the ways. Plus, I don't have to do it all year. So even if I did do it through the winter, when I have when I have the problems like this, when they come up, then you know you don't get used to it. Then you come back. Yeah, like, every oh, morning sure, you should be putting on some some lotion, and you should work it into your skin. Like you got to work it into the webbing of your fingers. You got to work it into some of these areas. That helps it not be as gross. But it is gross. I mean, as a kid, I hated putting on lotion because your hands would be all slippery afterwards. It's a little weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is weird. It does not it does not feel good. It does not feel pleasant. Um, but anyway, I, I did want to talk about something else before we got started and uh, really got into it. I got jury duty on Monday. Nice New York. Is this your first time having New York jury duty? Second time. I had Second it time. five years ago. And I think I remember this. I think we remember talking about this on the podcast. Yeah, we probably did. And I was chosen to uh, actually sit on the jury. It was about a dude who was playing a drum on the subway. And then apparently he allegedly <laughs> assaulted a, a dude and and then tried to resist a arrest. And we said not guilty. <laughs> not guilty. Wow. Really? Yeah. Well, look at it this way, man. Sometimes this guy, he, the guy who is being accused of this, he's like kind of this older, older kind of frail looking guy. And what, what threw off the, this is, what, what kind of triggered my, uh, my bullshit alarm was that he was that the cop who testified saying he was trying to resist arrest and he said he was like how much he was struggling I'm like this cop was kind of buff he was like you know kind of big i was like this dude could easily restrain this guy like what's happening why i i don't buy that part where the guy's like yeah he tried really hard and it was a lot of effort to keep him to keep him from running away i was like mm, I, I don't think so Wow, so you use size against this poor dude, this poor police officer who could have just poor know, police look, officer. Look, nothing was at stake for him. Nothing was at stake for him. Just, just right? because you're wiry doesn't mean that you don't have a lot of fight in you. I suppose, maybe there there were some oddities. There was one. There was. Now we did say he was he was guilty of resisting arrest. Like I do believe that you know he was not doing what the officer said. But then there were certain parts. Where I was like, I don't I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And the and the kid's testimony, uh, it looked like a young guy who had like this broken arm. Like the whole thing started when there was an altercation between these two. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And then that also had, I was like, I don't know who's winning this fight, but there's something about it. I don't remember the details. It was five years ago. Yeah. But all I'm hoping is that this time I'm not chosen to be. Do you think, do you think that that dude has been question. arrested since? The bucket guy. Oh, no, I'm sure he's he's doing you great. This is just this is just a one-off time thing, and that you made the right decision by putting a respectable, hardworking man back on the streets of New York. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. It's probably hard work to play that drum on the subway, <laughs> on that bucket. Yeah, no, they said drum. It, oh, it was like an drum. African. Yeah, they said like a, an African drum. Oh, so it's like a hand and, drum. Okay, I got you. And it was just it was just funny. I remember. I, I still remember the um, the prosecutor. And every time he, well, every time actually anybody tried to reference this guy playing the drum, and he was just there playing his drum on the subway. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, it was, 
it was fun. It was it was an interesting experience. Now I don't I don't really have the time to be burning days in a courtroom, but so I really hope I don't. And I tried. I, they asked me straight up. They were like going around the room saying, "Oh, what are your thoughts around the police? Uh, there's a cop in this case, and all these other things." And I and I was like, "Oh, perfect. I'm out of here. I'm out of <laughs> here." Because they said they said to me, "What are your thoughts on the on the police?" And I said, "Well, my uh, you know my brother in law is a cop." Isn't that bias? Isn't that enough for bias? Should be. I mean, yeah, it was. I mean, I got chosen. I mean, yeah, I mean, bro- brother-in-law, maybe not. Maybe like, maybe he hates his brother-in-law. Who likes their brother-in-law? You got a bunch of lawyers looking around, like, yeah, I don't like my brother-in-law. <laughs> so it's very clear. Everybody, so, everybody yeah. in this room, we agree that nobody likes their brother-in-laws. Yeah, right, then cool. this guy's so he's good. Fine. So yeah. he's not biased. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So clearly, he doesn't care. <laughs> but, yeah. The the worst situation I can imagine is that you have. So when I when I do this, and I'm assuming it's the same process now, is there's 12 people chosen for the jury, or there were in this case, and then there was two alternate people. And when you're actually in the court case, like you can't have your phones, you can't do anything like that. And when you're deliberating, you can't do that either. So you can't have any of those devices. But not only that, the two alternate people that are chosen have to sit in a room with themselves and can't, and also can't access phones, can't access anything. It's like they just have to sit in this room while everybody's talking about the case next to them. And all I remember is these this guy who is leading us around, he gives them, he's like, yeah, he's like, you got to sit here. He's like, and, uh, you know, here's a pack of cards. <laughs> wow. yourself. S- sitting there, sitting there playing solitaire. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how many times can you play go fish? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, other. but I mean, but if you get, yeah, the fact that you can't have, a, you said that, that they can't have a phone, right? No. Yeah. So that, that's what sucks. Like, otherwise, and like, can, they, can they not give you a phone with just a bunch of games on it and no internet? Like that's what, that, that's what I would do. That's what I was wondering. A, like, here's a switch. There's a bunch of games on there. There's no internet, but sit here and play. Legend Dude, forget, <laughs> forget that. How about just saying, like, why can't you bring in a Game Boy? There's no internet connection on those things. Yeah, or a bunch of those old Tiger Effects um, games. You know what I mean? I just don't understand why they can't just do a, a court issued game device. Like put like put an Atari console in there. Play some Pong. Just something, right? Yeah, more than a pack of cards. <laughs> like, I mean, I'll, I'll work. I'll play. tell you what. I'll work on it. I'll work on a court initiative while I'm there. I'll try to ask some people. Look, you realize how bored people are here. But here, here's the thing. Before, when I was there, I recall, and I, after talking to people, so I'm not feeling like I'm crazy. You first go into this big pool, and I thought you were able to use your phone and kind of do whatever you want while you're waiting to get into the actual courtroom. And I don't. And looking at the rules, I don't think you could do that anymore. So yeah. I'm, it's, it's very unfortunate and I'm hoping I'm wrong about that, but we'll see. I'll, I'll have more to report on my jury duty adventures in the coming weeks. Um, cool. so as always, not, I, if anybody has anything to say following previous podcasts, I will, uh, I'll follow up and I'll read it. And also, you know? and also real quick, just so I can say this, right. A lot of people apparently didn't listen to the fun national podcast, the, the closer of where to find this podcast. So if you've oh, got shit. friends or people I didn't. who, oh, you didn't yeah, do it. Ahead. Did you not well, we do put it? One up. We did put one okay. up. Yeah. Yeah. You should probably put another one up because many people have all asked right. me, Hey, so when are you starting your podcast again? And it's like, well, we've oh, got right. six episodes in. I'll check. So I'll if check you, if you listen to, if you're listening to this thing, and you know, other people who used to listen to this thing, just tell them where to find it. Yep. Like help, help them out, help them out. When you're and if you hey, don't, just so you know, John just tell people about it. over here. Just tell them. Just yeah, and just tell anybody about it. If you're sitting on the subway listening to this, just turn turn to that person next to you 
and, and say, be like, hey, you know hey, that long list of podcasts that you don't already listen to? Let me give yeah. you another one to add to the list. <laughs> well, here's what you do. You turn to somebody reading a book. You say, stop reading that book. Listen to this podcast. <laughs> Smack the book out of their hand. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you see some of these crazy people with, uh, you know, playing a game and the, and the audio is connected to, their, to, the, to, to the device, but it's some game where, you know, they don't actually have to pay attention, like playing Pokemon. And they're listening to the audio of Pokemon. It's like, hey, you're tired of hearing that battle music. Why don't you, uh, why don't you play? Uh, why don't you listen to this? Get get us yeah. out there. You know, yeah, get us out there. And look, you say. know what? If you get us out there, I'm, I'm, I've been thinking about this since we've got such great imaging here. Mm-hmm. We've got great imaging. Start making some stickers because stickers yeah. are all the they're all the craze right now. And I'm down with bomb? my face on a sticker. You want to sticker bomb some people? Maybe we'll see how it goes. Okay. All right, we'll be at the Rockstar logos all over all over the city. <laughs> yeah, just our two faces, just our heads. Yeah, it'll be great. All right, here we go. So I had uh, so I got some feedback from uh, from Arlen. Of course, this is not about snakes. Although every time I see Greg now, he says <laughs> he says no snakes, <laughs> no snakes. And if you want to know what that's about, this is only episode seven. Go back and listen for yourself. Here we go. She says, re your podcast convo on technology becoming obsolete over time, what people own and books specifically. I have so much to add that you guys should think about slash discuss. The main issue with digital media is that it isn't archival for all the reasons you and John were talking about here. Look, she almost made it sound like we made a good point. (laughs) This is actually an ongoing debate in library science and academia because keeping so much data up to date requires a lot of paid labor that keeping Mm. physical print media and storage doesn't. If you are digitizing with the goal of eliminating the physical copy, then eventually a value is placed on that information when it comes time to update slash transfer data. What do we prioritize updating, archiving, keeping available when we are an institution with limited resources? Obviously, this happens in physical libraries as well, but not to the same degree. That's issue number one. She's I can see that. I can, I can definitely. I can def- let's, let's talk about issue one real quick. I, I, I can agree huh. with that because obviously within a physical space, there's only so much stuff that you can have. And if you can't have space for this, you then reevaluate and sort of move stuff from one physical location to the other. But when it's digital, I mean, yeah, a lot of people's digital lives are a mess. It's more messy than their own, you know, than their physical stuff of you got too many clothes, you got too many books. Like a lot of people, they've got all sorts of data that they'll never use anything with and they can't find it. It just sits in random places. So yeah, I I agree with that. I see it. That's why the cloud, man. You don't have to worry about it. It's all there. It's all Cloud's the cloud. messy, though. Like, what, like tra- having someone clean that up and organize it is a job. That's a full-time yeah. job. Oh, yeah. Look at somebody's desktop. Every, every time you, you look at somebody's computer screen, just see if you could have a glance at their desktop. Don't look at the actual icons on there. Like, I'm not saying <laughs> snoop at their data, but just look at the organization no, I, of the I've, desktop. I've got a great story about shit. this. I've got a great story about this. My old production, my old department manager, who she won't be named, when we used to have meetings and she would plug her laptop into a projector, every time I would audibly gasp at her desktop, it was literally every file on her computer was on her desktop and they started to yeah. stack up. And because oh we use God. Macs, like you can actually start seeing it like cascade off of. Oh, one. yeah. And the organization like, kind of sucks on a Mac, right? And you're just like, like oh, my God. You're like, no way. Yeah. How do you find? And she's like, uh, uh <laughs> it's, it's awful. And you're supposed to be like the, the manager of this thing. And it's just like your desktop is horrific. So yeah, I I totally know what you mean. It's a scary sight to behold. Yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen some stuff, and it's just in a wall of stuff. Like if it gets to that point, what I will do if I don't feel comfortable deleting anything, I'll just highlight every. Here's a tip: 
Here's here's a tip you can use. Pro tip, don't know if it's a good one. What you do is you basically highlight everything and you cut it and you paste it into a folder called desktop archive and then you date it. That's it. You haven't lost anything, but wow, your desktop opens up. My desktop's always empty. There's nothing on it. Mine is not empty, but I don't have a lot of stuff. I think I have maybe, yeah, I have like three rows of icons. That's it. And I should yeah. probably remove some of them. Yeah. I don't have any icons on my desktop. I put it on the but, taskbar if it's important at the bottom. Like if it's applications, I put it on the taskbar. Yeah. Otherwise, I save it into the correct folder, which is documents or my documents folder is very organized. It's organized and it syncs to multiple clouds. So yeah, I've, I manage my digital data. Yeah, I have, I'll just have a folder for everything that it's relevant. The desktop is just where like random odds and ends go to die. <laughs> Issue number two. Yeah, that's really what the desktop should be used for. The desktop should be used for things that you really want quick access to or like a temporary thing that you also want quick access to, but you're going to delete shortly thereafter or move to somewhere because you don't know where to put it yet. Sure. Issue number two is that streaming media actually isn't carbon neutral. And again, storing data uses a lot of energy. By the way, if you want to know where this came from, like why she's writing all this stuff, we had a conversation about um, this story uh, about a guy finding a bunch of old Roman coins somewhere in Spain. Uh, I think that's what happened. And then we started going into preserving history, and then somehow that led into a conversation about digital media and storage and stuff. And then I think I talked about carbon neutral stuff because I was like making books is probably more resource intensive than like making things digital. But here we go. Issue number two is that streaming media actually isn't carbon neutral. And again, storing data uses a lot of energy versus storing printed materials, including records. Should put an explanation point on that. Even in a climate controlled archival environment uses less energy. All that said, Storing books in your home is legit a huge pain in the ass <laughs> and also not the best for really important documents because your home is probably not climate controlled enough. Yep. Yep. Okay. And I mean, stuff happens, right? Fires happen, floods happen, things happen and you move and things get lost. So yeah, like it's probably a toss up, but yeah, it's definitely not carbon neutral. It's not like you store stuff for, for no cost. There is a cost somewhere like data centers and all that stuff are, are a huge drain on energy. And because we don't have necessarily proper renewable resources, I, her point is completely a hundred percent valid. Yeah. And that's it. That's it for the feedback. Well, thanks Arlen. appreciate it. Yeah. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. And, uh, I have a feeling that people might have some opinions after this one. We will see. <laughs> we will see. So I actually, so if you're, if you're listening for the first time, here's a, little overview john is off the internet he doesn't know what's happening in the world it's crazy he or, does or, not or, know or very little let me just preface that very little because people tell me things <laughs> so yeah. i do know stuff that happens and i see enough updates when they're important for example like the coronavirus stuff yep. our our hr department sends out an email so i know the happenings for coronavirus and where we are and i see what the ministry of health in new zealand thinks about this and specifically the recent news so i'm aware of it but I'm not sitting there watching CNN and getting a constant feed of news like that just isn't happening. So I find out about stuff very late or I find out about it from secondhand, which starts to make me wonder the validity of it, <laughs> which is a different probably a, we can start talking about the recap of this as we get further into the year without me reading the Internet of. Yeah, I mean, fake news is not so much the news itself. It's people's own interpretation of the news. But continue, yeah. please. Yeah, John's going to find out about coronavirus when he starts getting the sniffles. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so actually, I have two main stories that I wanted to bring up. 
And the other was just a generic coronavirus thing. Sure. But we don't really need to talk about it. We could also just do two. Well, I, we I know enough also... about the corona. We can start with the coronavirus thing because the first case happened here in New Well, Zealand. the other two options, so just so got just so you know, the other two options. We got a we got an uplifting story, and then we have a literally uplifting story. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start. <laughs> let's start with the coronavirus update. So I'm I'm aware that New Zealand is now because it's funny. My, my mother sent me a message on Friday, <laughs> Friday New Zealand time that says, "Hey, has there been a case in New Zealand yet?" And of course, me very arrogantly said, "Nope." No coronavirus here. This tiny little island is safe from all of your Western diseases. And then I find out that someone goes, oh, did you hear yesterday, which was someone telling me on Saturday, did you hear that yesterday there, the first case in New Zealand was confirmed? And that was before I told my mother that. So if I would have been watching the news, I would have known this. Um, but because I wasn't, I told her, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. And now there's a first case in Auckland, someone who apparently flew from Iran to Bali into New Zealand. Because New Zealand has restricted flights from mainland China. Um, so I think you can get in through mainland China now, but before they had stopped all flights. So you couldn't fly down here if you were if you were anywhere in mainland China. So there's one case in Auckland, and apparently people have started freaking out here. They started buying, stocking up things at the grocery store, and they're telling people don't panic because you panicking makes it worse. Um, so yeah, so New Zealand is now on the map with one case of coronavirus, where I think Australia had like 20-something before, so... Um, New Zealand is no longer safe from this thing. Coronavirus is here as well. Well, U.S. got its first death today. Oh, did it? And we had three cases reported before that, and this was not one of those reported cases. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like... Do you have any fear living in a city like New York, where if this does happen, you are in trouble? No, that's my thing, is like, I had... um, so I, I was supposed to, or, you know, I was supposed to go to the game developer conference and now basically they've pushed back the game developers conference oh, in have San they? Francisco. So, yeah, so GDC is delayed. Yeah. Or, I mean, well, they won't call it canceled, right? Cause they said, we're going to do something later this year, but at the moment it's basically canceled slash delayed. And my thing is like, all right, I'm not worried about going to San Francisco for this thing. I don't see going to a convention in San Francisco any more threatening to my health than going to than taking the train to work every day. So real quick, if I, I don't. just Google, if I just Google search GDC 2020, I'm seeing a bunch of stuff just on Google's front page when you search something that just says GDC 2020 has been canceled. Yeah, because there's no announcement of when it's going to be delayed. So the current gotcha. date is canceled but the official gdc is we're postponing it to something to some play time this summer so so from a from a personal standpoint it looks like i dodged a bullet there huh <laughs> yeah i was gonna go it looks like i dodged the bullet there i would have booked very expensive plane tickets yeah, yeah yeah and it's kind of messed up like how when they decided to do this yeah because it's, timing it's is a little three weird. weeks away right yeah 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 less than three weeks away wow yeah, so they kind of, um, you know, they might have screwed over some people there, and it'll be interesting to see what I can do about my flights that yep, have been canceled. Sure. I was um, scheduled to uh, show a game at an event that's actually not officially part of GDC, but a but an event that happens like during the timeline, and that event is still happening. So I'm I'm thinking odds are I probably won't be going. Right. But if I do go, it would just be a lot shorter. But even then, changing flight information would be, it's just a pain because I booked 
you know, cheaper tickets. Of course. Try to save costs on it. And they're like, no changes, no nothing. And I was like, all right, well, shit. Now we got to see what happens because I'm not just going to, because then I'm just burning what is like the 300 bucks to the round trip. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, that's such an international conference as well. And again, a lot of game development happening in Asia in countries where. Well, the first thing they did was they canceled, they basically refunded and basically stopped all the Chinese companies from coming in. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first but measure. It's, but it's real funny though because in New Zealand and look, I, I, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna share some dirty secrets of New Zealand. Sorry, Kiwis, but you guys yeah, you guys us, got problems. Give us the guys, dirt. Give us the dirt got, on what you guys you- got problems here too. <laughs> give us give us the dirt on what you people are doing down there. So so again, there, there's if you want to know where racism exists in New Zealand, it's with two groups specifically, or three groups probably. Two oh, groups yeah. specifically. The Pacific Islanders, the Maori are number one, obviously, because the white people came here and took their land. <laughs> so that's yep. like the Native American version. Again, the difference is that there obviously there's it wasn't nearly the the amount of massacre and persecution that the Native Americans felt throughout American history. Well, they that's probably didn't have as many one. guns. That's the difference. They didn't. Group, that's group number one. And again, the Maori are they're they're a warrior culture. They're 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 not here for your games. They will split your head open. <laughs> so that's oh, that's shit. one. <laughs> Damn. Number two is Chinese people. So because huh. there's such an influx of Asians and specifically Chinese people coming into New Zealand, and a lot of it's about buying property, kids going to school here, um, and because New, New Zealand does so much trade with China, that. Again, if you go to universities, there's always, at least when I used to read the news, <laughs> there's always stories about like, oh, Chinese students come here, they go to university, and they all cheat because, you know, they don't really want to be here. Their parents are here to say, hey, if you get a New Zealand education, it allows you to use the resources of this country. It's a place for us to store our money. It's a place, all the sort of stereotypes that you hear of Chinese families who are well off of, hey, yeah, they just come to a place, they buy a bunch of land, they buy a bunch of stuff, they don't really care about the culture. Um, and then, you know, they send their kids to go to, to Western schools. Um, and that's that's the only reason why they're here. They don't care about being Kiwis. They don't care. So that's sort of the the xenophobia that you hear underlining there. And I would say that the third group is probably Indian people. So Indian people huh. from India, because those are the two largest immigrant groups that come into New Zealand. It's Chinese people and it's Indian people. Yeah. So when stuff like this happens, of course, you get all the see. This is why you should close the border. And you're hearing this from the old white racists. Like again, they're the same people as in the UK, same people in Australia, same people in the US. Old white people are just going to be old white people. That's just the way that it works. So they're sitting here complaining, saying, "Well, yeah, you know, you got to stop flights coming in from China because China, all the Chinese people here and their cousins and their brothers and their sisters and their mothers, they're all going to give us coronavirus." So that's the first underlining rumbling that you start hearing. And so, yeah, it's that that is the dirty secret of New Zealand is that, yeah, you know, look, the old white people here are still old white people. Don't think that they're all kumbaya. We all live in peace. It's just they're not racist toward black people because there's not many black people here. It's hard to hate what you don't see. <laughs> you might be the first wave. I might be. <laughs> I might be. <laughs> Give it time, people. <laughs> It's all it's all fun when the first guy comes walking around, yeah. and then when it's like oh that's fun, in. and then all of a sudden, yeah. So so anyways, that's the news that I'm hearing from coronavirus is more about the Chinese the the Chinese population here of there being just this general fear of you know oh where did you come from, you know where did you travel from, where are these people? So it's sort of trying to stop that from happening. 
But really, again, it's one case that's fairly isolated. This person kind of knew. They started coughing, and they kind of knew, like, "Uh uh-oh, I've just traveled from Iran and from some of these other countries that might have coronavirus. I should go into the hospital. And so they did the right thing. The risk of this spreading is very low in New Zealand, but the risk of someone bringing it in is fairly high just because right Right. now coronavirus is everywhere, right? And that's that's the concern. It's not – they don't know. And that's that's actually one of the most – because let me put things in perspective. Yep. And this – this should be, I think this is right. I'm just looking at this website that says worldometers.info. It's kind of a cool website, actually. It's got a whole bunch of interesting live statistics. Um, but it says coronavirus deaths this year, 2,942. That's globally. Right. Seasonal flu deaths this year, 79,355. Holy crap, this world population counter is flying. Is there really a baby born like every second? Probably. Wow. I mean, I, I don't know. It's probably just works on averages. It has to because like someone's dying like every couple seconds. And I don't necessarily know if that's true. <laughs> yeah. It's still cool though, the website. So I don't it know. Cool. But, it's very cool. But regard- yeah. So like today, flu deaths today, 848. That's according to this. You know, if you're just taking the averages. Right. So I think the bigger problem and what's causing all the hubbub, because we remember Ebola? When that was here? I do remember Ebola. I do. How about the bird flu or yep. the swine flu? Swine flu, yep. It all seems to be, it, I'm getting a lot of the same vibes. And the biggest thing that this, the, the, the most concerning thing about the coronavirus versus something like that is you don't know you have it because it's asymptomatic for the right. first like two weeks. Yeah, because so it actually sits in your lungs, right? Like you'd actually have to get like fluid taken like again i don't know the process but this is just what i've been told is that it sits in your lungs dormant and then this cough sort of starts yeah something like that i guess yeah. but but it, that's the problem is that you don't actually know who has and who doesn't whereas if someone right. has the flu it's like oh that person's got the sniffles in their coffin let's uh stay away from that guy right you know whereas this is a bit different and that's actually kind of the the way i see it is it's all kind of an unknown at this point but it seems treatable like if you have a healthy immune system like it seems treatable like the flu yeah, it seems treatable. like you got to take liquids and it just you can't be moving around like you actually need to be in bed and rest for a good percentage of time and again anything anytime that stuff like this happens the people who are affected the worst are the chronically ill the elderly and the, and the young yep as with any diseases those are the three groups that get hit the hardest in this which of course no one wants anyone to die but like if you're generally between the ages of you know 15 and 70 60 70 you should be okay yeah 100 percent. but i think i think this is a bit of an overreaction um i just listened to trump and pence who's gonna you know help us take care of everything (laughs) you sent uh, me that and i was like oh jesus (laughs) yeah pence in charge we're gonna we're gonna pray the plague away but it (laughs) i don't really believe that but they they had all these other officials i'm like look you know they They'll get some stuff done. They'll figure it out. It's just that the worst enemy to this thing, as always, is Trump himself just having to gloat about it. Like he had he had this thing where he was supposed to have a press conference addressing the the coronavirus and the person who died today. And the, literally the first thing he started talking about was the Taliban and Iraq and Afghanistan because oh of some agreement they made. And I was like, wait, what, what happened to the thing about? The, all right, cool. And he's like, we have the fa- and everything's got to be why he's the best. So one of the quotes says, you know, we had we we have the fastest rea- reaction or the best reaction to this of any of anybody in modern history. It's like it, uh, it that doesn't matter. He he the actual quote was the he he said something about it being a hoax. 
um, or like the Democrat hoax because of how they're politicizing this. And yeah, I don't think we need to politicize this. It doesn't. But when you're you know, trying to boost yourself up or trying to diminish it because people are freaked out. And I, and I think a part, big chunk of that is because of the media, the way they hype absolutely. it up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if it and was really a problem, then if, if this was as – if we were to react to the flu the same way we reacted to this – You'd probably stop a lot more flu deaths, but you see a lot more people with masks. I'm hearing secondhand. I mean, I hear stories on like this podcast I listen to about places that are dominantly Asian run or something like people are afraid to go there because, you know, similar points to what you're talking about in New Zealand, because they think, oh, if you're Chinese, then you might have the coronavirus or everything's about that. And it's just not. And and not everybody has it. Not. And it it's not prevalent yet. Will it spread? Yes. That's a fact. It will spread. It will get worse before it gets better. I think China's probably the worst, but they're also not the best equipped to handle this kind of thing, most likely. And again, that's just you just put two things together, which is a large population with not necessarily the most top-of-the-line medical the way that you would expect in the U.S. But again, look at, like, again, I've got an Italian friend who says that coronavirus has boomed in Italy. I don't know how true this is because yeah, I don't know the numbers. But again, that's yep. Italy, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Like It's not it's got nothing to do with you being Chinese. It's just the fact that there's a bunch of people who are very closely living together in one area. If this happened in New York City, it doesn't matter what color you are, you might catch this if you live, you know, if you're taking the train every day with millions of people. But yep. as Jason said, it's really just like, you know, you got to do the normal things you would do during this time of year to try and stay healthy. And if you catch it, it's taking the appropriate steps and taking rest, taking time off of work, drinking fluids, all the stuff that you that you Not know how wash, to do. But wash your yeah. hands. Wash exactly. your hands. Like, don't go to work. Regularly. If, you're feel, if you're coughing and sneezing, don't go. To, you shouldn't be going to work anyways. But many people yeah. just ignore that stuff. So. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, if you're if you're not feeling good, don't go to work. If you you should regularly wash your hands before you shouldn't touch your face. You shouldn't do all these other things. You um, you know, just don't be a monster and eat yeah, kale. Right? That's the yeah, other thing. Eat, you eat do. better. <laughs> eat kale and spinach. I eat spinach. I, I'm more of a I'm, a I'm a spinach. That's my green of choice when I, I get like, myself. I like kale if it's if it's cooked right. If there's a little bit. Of yeah, I, if, yeah. If it's not, so raw if it's not raw kale. Too. Raw yeah. kale's got a weird texture. I'm not on board. It does. Yeah, spinach. But if you cook it slightly with a little bit of just a little bit of oil, a little bit of other things around it, like a little bit of light dressing, you can make a pretty good kale salad. I, I guess maybe I should I should experiment with that because I've been getting yeah. the same spinach salad every day for lunch for like probably three months now. <laughs> yeah, add a little kale in there. As long as it's yeah. chopped up a bit, it's all right for you. It's good. Oh yeah, they chop it up, of course. Yeah, so you, you chop could. it up. I mean, look, that's the one thing I miss about living in New York is actually being able to get salads like that. I miss it. Yeah. I've, it's really made me consider making a salad bar here in here in New Zealand. Like the Blow same concept. Mind. Just the same steal concept. chopped. Yeah. No, that's exactly and what then, I'm talking about. Trust me. You think that doesn't happen now? People in New Zealand just don't steal something from another country? And no, it's great. It it's a great idea. It's a great idea. I mean, chopped itself needs to be taken down a notch. And that's why I don't support chopped. And they're, they're paying $20 for a salad. And the line's out the door. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting an hour to get a salad. Yeah. No way. No yeah. way. I'll wait an hour for you, Shake Shack. I thought about this. Putting some, you've been to New Zealand, down there by the where the capital is, yeah. down Lambton Key. Where you, um, like in the city, where people walk to things. Exactly. So like, put it in there yeah. and just be open for lunch. Open yeah. from 10 to 3. Done. Yeah, too. Five bring in some day, Mexicans. They'll, they'll, <laughs> you get it done. <laughs> just recreate the exact thing in New York. Yeah, <laughs> literally. I don't the know exact if I can bring in any thing. Mexicans. I mean, I have, I gotta, I gotta reach for the other, for the Sneak other over the border. <laughs> yeah, just over the border, right? Just build that tunnel across the Pacific. 
Yeah, do that. It'll be it'll be great. I think that's a that's a winning idea. It's a winning idea, and it's the only one, so you can charge chop prices. Plus, oh, I totally would. Zealand, I charge thirty bucks for a salad because New Zealand everything's more expensive than it anyway. Exactly, except for Lululemon. All right. <laughs> Next, so the actual two stories you get yep. your choices are an uplifting story or a literally uplifting story. Let's go. Let's go literally uplifting first. Okay, cool. Flat Earth advocate dies. After homemade rocket crashes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. See, see what I did there? Literally. Yep. Up, there you go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so this one's a little older. Uh, actually, it happened last week. Like if it, I had this one and actually the other one queued up for last week's podcast. So my, uh, I didn't have to do too much effort to prepare for this one. The, uh, all right. So this that. is re- <laughs> reading from Engadget. It's a short, short story here. Mike Hughes wanted to verify his theories first wanted to verify his theories firsthand. Here we go. <clears throat> if you want to see the I think I got the picture. No, that was in 2018. The saga of Mad Mike Hughes and his home-built rocket has come to a tragic end. The flat earth advocate died on February 22nd at the age of 64 when the shoot of his of his steam-powered rocket detached shortly after launch, leading to the high-velocity crash in the desert near Barstow. California. Is it Barstow or Barstow? Or Barstow? Uh, not sure, actually. All right, doesn't matter. It doesn't come up again. The launch was being filmed for a Science Channel series, Homemade Astronauts, that aims to document the adventures of amateur rocket makers. Hugh's goal had been to verify his belief in a disc-shaped Earth by flying to space, with successive launches taking him higher and higher in the altitude. His first rocket launch in 2014 took him to 1,374 feet, but successive launches didn't travel much higher. In 2018, flight peaked at 1,875 feet. It's not clear at this stage why the rocket failed. Hughes had a tight budget, though, having spent about $18,000 on the rocket. He partly relied on crowdfunding from fellow Flat Earth devotees over the years. The Daredevil didn't have the advantage of extensive safety measures and tests then and had defied the odds by emerging from past landings with relatively minor injuries. That is the story. Huh. I mean, it's pretty impressive you created a rocket, right? That's cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's multiple. There's a lot of ways to look at this story. Yeah. I um, mean, I mean, look, the fact that he believes the Earth is flat is, I mean, for a guy that's that intelligent is worrying. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's, anytime someone loses their life is sad. But at the same time, it's like, well, like, you, if you're doing this to try and prove that the Earth is flat, that seems stupid. <laughs> What's also crazy is like when you have, when you do send off actual rockets, yeah, right, you have to account for rotation of the Earth. Yes, in calculations. I, I mean, that's that's part of the math. I mean, I mean, the cynical part of me says, well, that's probably why he crashed. But you know, if he thinks the Earth, <laughs> no, 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 his, his, his the parachutes on. The parachute. Yeah, I, 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 I know, but I'm saying the cynical part of me goes, well, if you're doing calculations based on the fact that the Earth is flat. You should yeah. have been flying a rocket anyway. It's only a matter of time. Oh that's yeah, yeah, fair. yeah. But when he just like fair, land, right? when he yeah. lands in a in a ocean because he finally got out to space, he's like, oh, where's the ground going? Yeah, exactly. Like it's, <laughs> the ground's it's, not there anymore. <laughs> and again, like he just he, I'm yeah. So it's a, I'm sad that the guy lost his life because he seemed like a smart enough guy to build a rocket. You don't sound sad. You sound like you're giggling. I'm giggling at the fact that like the the flat Earth thing, and it's just like, well, like what did you expect? Like at some point, this was not going to end well. I mean, he was a hero to these guys. He's a hero to he's, most, he, but he didn't. He was going to prove it. But here's the other thing: you could see, you could like look out of a plane window, 
and yes. do what this guy did for a lot less than eighteen thousand dollars. Yes, she can. Yes, I've done enough flying to know that the Earth is round. Yeah, you can see it. It's true. The Earth yeah. is round. The, the flat Earth thing is crazy. And part of the reason why I brought this up is so you know those guys are pretty rabid. So maybe maybe we'll get some traction if they find out we're trash talking them. Um, but but if you're a flat earther, you need to do some serious evaluations. I do think that 90, 85% of flat earthers know it's bullshit. Yeah, they're, and they're, they're trolling. And they just right? really like to troll. And it's yeah. fun. Because it's fun to bring up to it people. I'll, I'll bring it up to people as a joke. But, you know, I'm obviously talking shit when I, when I bring it up. And if you are so defensive, then you just want to dig your heels in and see how far you can get with it. And it is it is fun because well, look, you do I, just throw out all logic. I feel but, the same. I feel the same way about a lot of Trump supporters, to be honest. I really do yeah. believe that a lot of Trump supporters just enjoy the trolling of it. But sure. then eventually you get to the point where you're just willing to you're willing to fight very hard for your troll. Um, where it's like you egg on the people who really believe it. I would say that probably 25% of Trump supporters are actually just trolls. They're trolls who want to see the world burn and just enjoy cracking jokes at the other side. I really do believe that. That they don't actually believe in anything that he says, but they're just like, I don't believe in any of this anyway, so I'm just going to troll the other side and watch them get upset. I'm going to I'm gonna make the social justice warriors lose their mind. Yeah, it's all about owning the libs. Yes. But if you really asked them like what they believe and they brought up, so you'd be like, you're totally literally, you believe that the rest of us believe. But yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's unfortunate that the guy died. Yep. The, uh, the Flat Earth community has lost uh, one of its heroes. Yep. And uh, he will be missed. So rest in peace, Mad Mike Hughes. Hopefully you can, you know, see from the stars, from the heavens. Yep. The truth. Hey. Yeah, maybe when you when now that you're up there, you can see that. Oh God, it is just a big marble in the sky. <laughs> Everything I thought was a lie. But yeah, if you ever if you ever like if you think a conversation is getting stale and you just want to like throw people for a loop, just you know, try it. Just dabble. And here's the fun thing: you don't need to know anything about what flat earthers really believe, because just like they do, you just need to make stuff up as you go. Yep. It's yep. Great. <laughs> It's great. Like, well, okay, well, what's at the end of the world? Oh, didn't you know? I mean, I think the running theory is an ice wall. So you could take that. Yeah. Like, there's, there's a big ice wall. But you think if it was flat, you'd be able to see it from somewhere. There's a horizon line. There is a horizon line. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's so stupid. But I love it. I love it. I love talking about the flat earth stuff just because it's, it's so bonkers. All right. Here's, the, here's your uh, uplifting story. Also from February 22nd, Zamboni driver 42 stars as emergency uh, goalie yeah. for hurricanes. You've I've heard, heard about, this, about this. I have heard about this. Yes. This is a great story. Let's move on. No, just continue. Keep talking. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to carry on. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> when both, when both of the Carolina hurricanes go, this is reading from ESPN, when both of the Carolina hurricanes goaltenders left Saturday's game versus the Toronto Maple Leafs with injuries, 42, 42 year old Dave Ayers came in as the emergency backup goaltender and stopped eight of 10 shots to get credit for the six, three win Ayers allowed goals on the first two shots he faced before stopping the final eight in succession. Quote, Obviously, that second period was a little shaky, but I told the boys in the dressing room, once we come out for the third, I'll be settled down and ready to win this one. And quote, Ayers told the CBC Sports Broadcast. Ayers, a Zamboni driver and arena maintenance worker for the, main, for the Maple Leafs AHL affiliate, the Toronto Marlies, had been the 
that seems like a really Canadian name, <laughs> the Toronto a- Marlies, and has been a has been the regular practice goaltender for the Marlies and has appeared in Maple Leaf practices and skill session this season. As the emergency goalie, he was available to either team if needed. Quote, it was awesome. I had the time of my life out there, Ayers told the, end quote, Ayers told the Sportsnet broadcast after the game. After he was named the number one star, the crowd, the crowd in Toronto gave him a loud ovation. That's also a very Canadian thing. He did not play for Toronto. Toronto lost, and they gave this guy a very loud cheer for the, being the first star of the game. Yep. I've, quote, I've been on the ice... I've been on this ice many times without fans, put fans in the mix, and it's a whole different game, obviously. But hey, once in a lifetime, I'll take it. Quote. End quote. That was all Ayers. Per NHL rules, Ayers was paid $500 for the game and was allowed to keep his game-worn jersey. He was greeted warmly by his teammates for a night upon entering the locker room after the game. Quote, I had no, I had no idea what was going, what I, bleh, I had no idea I was going to get a shower before I got in the shower, Ayers said with a grin. I got one, end quote. Hmm. Hurricanes coach Rod Brin, Rod Brindamore said Ayers earned the team's admiration. Quote, it's pretty special. I told the guys after the game, thank him because they just gave us an incredible memory. End quote. That was Brindamore. There was one line here where, I mean, this this kind of keeps going on, all the other stuff. There's, this happened in Chicago. Uh, yep. This about, has happened before. Uh, 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's, yep. it's happened before. But there was something where he said, um, here we go. This this is the line I wanted to quote. So this is from uh, Ayers. A quote, one of, one of the guys, left wing Eric Halla, said to me, just have fun. We don't care if you let 10 goals in. That's what, and he said, that's what settled me down. And it was great. End quote. Yeah. Yeah, because again, what what I I actually heard him, he was making the rounds on ESPN radio, uh, and he basically that's where I heard it from. So he basically said on the first thirty shots, he let in two goals, and yeah. it's just like you get to that point where you're just like, well, like what's the? And that's why having a teammate come to you go, look, dude, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. You can let in ten goals, just have fun, because at this point, it's the backup goalie. <laughs> like at this point, yeah. it is what it is, right? Like yeah, at this point, we're not so supposed upset. to win. We're not, not supposed to win, win at this point. Yeah, yeah, so it's just like, you know, it's fine, dude. Like, don't worry about it. Like, you're not going to sit there and pound on the guy that's in the dressing room basically just waiting for something awful to happen. <laughs> it's like, that's that's why he's there. Because he, he said basically most games, he doesn't do anything. He can't do anything. He said he had a kidney transplant before. And so... Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm that. serious. Yeah, yeah. He had, a, he had a kidney transplant. So they were sort of asking, like, hey, do you know, have you been, you know, have you ever, like, been drinking during the game? Like, you know, again, you're not expecting to get in. Of just like, yeah, I had a couple of beers, had some hot dogs, some nachos. I'm just basically here to watch the game. And what are the chances that the worst thing is going to happen where two goalies are injured and they don't have another one? Because goalie is that one position in specifically hockey. I would say soccer is probably another one where it's not like with football, right? Like you have quarterbacks, right? You have most likely two quarterbacks, and your emergency quarterback is another player on the team. It's like the wide receiver, right? Like the wide receiver who used to play quarterback in high school, who for the most part can snap the ball and throw it. You can probably do more running plays if you had both of your quarterbacks injured. It's like the one sport where you need to have, like, none of these guys can sit here and just put on goalie pads and play goalie. Like, they're they're just not, I'm not going to be able to take my my fourth line center and put him in goalie gear. Like, that's just not how hockey works. So he, this guy is basically sitting there 99.9% of the time and not doing anything. Um, so, yeah, the fact that he basically got in there, lets in two goals, and you just have to go, like, dude, don't worry about it. It's perfectly fine, man. You're not supposed to be in here anyway. So enjoy it. Have fun. You're playing an NHL game. Enjoy it. Um, this dude said he'd never played a professional league game until that moment. 
Yeah. So That's of awesome. no of no level. So he's basically just a really good goalie who sort of became a, a maintenance manager for arenas and Zamboni driver and then just said, yeah, I'll, why not? I'm here anyways. I'll, I'll play backup. I'll be the No, well, you actually have to be recruited. Like, you are, yeah, you are again, a goalie, he was so recruited. he was a goalie. He's a goalie, but he's not. it's not like he was some guy that played for the AHL for years and years right, and years right, right, and right, then right. became yeah. a man. That's, that's what I mean. He's got no professional experience. So he's a guy who sort of enjoy, obviously enjoys hockey and enjoys doing arena management because that's what his job was. He basically said, hey, I actually manage the conversion of an ice rink to a basketball arena or a basketball arena to a WWF or WWE event. Like, that's what, that's what his actual job is. Yeah, and if you're a fan, that's basically what you do. You, you you get to go to all the games for free. Yes, and you're just there chilling. Like you're obviously not. It's a, it's basically like a free pass to get season tickets. And if you have, um, and then in the off chance that you're needed, cool, you get to play some professional. Hockey. Yeah, exactly. But again, the <laughs> it's off a hell of a deal. Of like the ninety nine point nine percent chance, and apparently they actually like he got the five hundred bucks for doing the game. But apparently yeah. the team afterwards, because he won, a bunch of guys just sort of handed him an envelope with a bunch of money. That just said, hey, thanks. Because they, awesome. again, they know. They know the dude won a game for him. Like, you know, so to speak. Like, you know, maybe he, you know, he let in two goals, but he stood in there strong enough to let them win the game. And yeah, if you're a guy that's making, you know, four or five million a year a season, I'd give the guy a couple grand. Like, here. Like, yeah, you totally, you totally like, added a win to our column when we weren't supposed to win this game. Here's a couple grand, buddy. You'll need it more than I will. Yeah, tip your goaltenders. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's super cool, man. It's a cool story. Yeah, and the Hurricanes, um, you know, they're not they're not doing so great, but they're in a, they're in a bit of a tight division, so they have a chance. Yep, they're um, you know, Flyers are fortunately uh, ascending quite nicely in the in the division. And as for the Maple Leafs, they're they're quite they're they're in third place in the Atlantic Division. So it was uh, maybe not a it was a, it's a critical win for the Hurricanes. You know, every every win counts. So. Good, good for that guy. It does remind me a little bit of the guy um, Scott Halpin. I looked up the name, and he said uh, he was a he was American artist and musician, best known for the incident in 1973 when, in the audience at a concert by the Who at the Cow Palace in Daly City, California, he ended up playing drums on stage after the band's drummer Keith Moon passed out mid-show. Jeez, <laughs> Halpin's performance won him Rolling Stone's Pickup Pickup Player of the Year award later that year. Hmm. Yeah, did you ever hear about that? No, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, because it's kind of like that. If they didn't have an emergency goalie, if that thing didn't exist, would they just be like, "Oh shit, we don't have a goalie"? Just make an announcement over the speakers. Hey, does anybody here, yeah, <laughs> have pads <laughs> and able to play in net for this game? Or even so, I'd be like, "We can give you the pads. Can you fit in these pads?" First of all, <laughs> yeah. Also, are you non-biased <laughs> to play yeah, for exactly. the opponents that, that that you're just willing to play? <laughs> Yeah, do you not have money on this game? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, but yeah, man, it's a, super, it's a super cool story. It's a really cool story. Yeah, it's a great story. All right. Um, and that's it. I mean, that, that's, three, that's three stories Wonderful. in it for you. Um, now a little bit of reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. Um, I'm not giving you a choice because there's one thing I wanted to bring up here. Well, I, 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 and I'll bring up quickly. I've done my duty. Oh yeah, true. If you wanted to talk a little bit about your vote, we could do that too. So I vote in the state of Arizona. <laughs> Everyone's probably worrying, like, "Where did you live in New Zealand?" Yeah, but I vote in the state of Arizona. Don't worry about it. It's fine. So long story it's short, up and up. I normally register as nothing, right? I, I consider myself an independent. I consider that I vote for the person that I think will give us the best chance at a, a better future. Mm-hmm. Or the black guy. 
Or just being honest. Just being honest. Fair enough. Well, that's what uh, Larry Wilmore is hilarious in that regard because he's he's always like he's like, look, I'm not gonna lie, I voted for he's like I voted for and supported President Obama because he was the first black president. Yep, that's so what I did. Everybody's too. like, you still support Obama? And he's like, is he still black? Then yeah, <laughs> I still support him. <laughs> that's exactly how I feel. It's like, yeah, if they're all pretty much kind of the same, I might as well vote for the black one. <laughs> Okay, just being honest. That, that's how I feel. I don't necessarily know if Obama was a good president or not. All I know is that he was black and he enjoyed basketball. He was cool. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I'm going to pause and then you could tell me about that after I, okay. I read to you this very brief story. Okay. Because this is the only thing I wanted to discuss. Trump called first black president in history at White House Black History Month. Round <laughs> <laughs> It's really quick. I'm reading from Real Clear Politics, and I have a little bit more to add as an addendum uh, to this when I dug a little deeper. Because, okay, President Trump, and and it doesn't say here, he was he was flanked on his right was diamond and silk. All right. Oh, and Jesus. If, now I don't know if we've talked about that on this podcast, but if you go back not on, not, to not on Broad, Broad, we, it's yeah, on financial podcast, definitely John, and I are big fans of diamonds. <laughs> Trump's your president. Yeah. They sing a great song. You could buy the ringtone and you could buy like their face on, on any, any sort of thing you oh. can imagine. It's great. Uh, so anyway, Pr- Trump, President Trump was told he is the first black president Thursday at a White House roundtable celebrating Black History Month featuring national, national conservative and Trump-supporting African-American personalities. Quote, Mr. President, I don't mean to interrupt, but, I have, but I've got to say this because it's Black History Month. Man, you the first black president. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> And then, oh, okay, now, okay, I'm going to move on. I'm going to skip telling you who said that, because I didn't know, the, know it until yesterday. And then the next, because the next line is also great, quote, still president of the United States, absolutely, and quote, diamond and silk added. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, who said that? It was uh, former NFL safety Jack Brewer, a guest at the roundtable, told Trump. So that was the guy who said it. I don't even know who that is. I don't either. But as, a, as, as an lo- avid as an avid, as an avid NFL fan, I have no idea who Jack Brewer is. Yeah. So he has this picture. By the way, is something else. You get. <laughs> uh, can I just like copy this image? Yeah. Look, this this image. This is just from a story. I won't actually link it to the story. But that, this picture of him in the White House with diamond and silk on his like holding onto his shoulder and like all these other people touching him. It's really interesting. Oh but anyway, <laughs> Jack. <laughs> Wow. Here's here's a quote by uh, Jack Brewer on Twitter. This is his last tweet he made it yesterday. Being, quote, African-American, end quote, is determined by your lineage. Being black, in quotes, is determined by your willingness to serve and defend black people. That's all caps. And oh, two wow. explanation points. Wow. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, this- Trump. Trump considers himself the defender. He said, you know, what else you got to lose? You might as well vote for me. He hasn't been good so far. Maybe I could, maybe I could, I mean, what's the difference? Vote for me. Yeah. So, um, look, I, that's, I think those are the people who are just trying to find a lane. They're trying, cause yeah, voting the other, defending the other side, you get lost in a sea of other people. But with this, oh, you stand out. I now know who Jack Brewer is. He's a dummy <laughs> that called Trump the first black president. So he, he's found a lane. I didn't know who he was as an NFL safety. But I know him as first black president Trump. So, yeah, there you go. Oh man, this is. I'm looking at the diamond, diamond and silk. I need. 
I, I wish I could play that. Yeah, Diamond, Diamond and Silk. Wow, National Treasures, and now this guy. <laughs> so yeah, Trump's first black president. So I, uh, I guess now, now Larry Wilmore supports him. It's fascinating. It's very interesting. <laughs> so so anyway, I, I feel like that had to be said because it was just so insane. That that's yes. the whole uh, story. And I, I, <laughs> I, I want to send you this clip badly. I got to find it first though. With uh, when Don Lemon was talking about this. And his panel, and just the look on one of these guys' faces <laughs> when they pan to him. This guy, Keith. Oh, my God. I got to find it. Uh, Don Lemon Keith uh, something. I got to find. Yeah. Keith Boken. He had <laughs> his face, his eyes, like everything about it was like, I, I cannot believe it. Did this really? Yeah. All right. I found the picture. <laughs> I found the picture. I'm going to send it to you. He's just like, he didn't know what to say. He's just like, what? What what is this? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fun. So Bernie Sanders. <laughs> well, even so, like the, my my thing is, I I don't think the Democrats are going to win this next election. I just firmly believe that. Just like I didn't think Trump would win, right? Like I was pretty staunchly like Trump will never win, and then he wins. And so now I'm sort of looking at this and going like, I don't like all these people that the list of people that I had to vote for of who's on the ballot. Are you interested in who's actually on the ballot in, in Arizona? Who's actually on this primary ballot? Why? There are more people than, the, the, is it everybody? Because I guess they printed those things before people dropped out. So yeah, like is so Booker still on that ballot, list? So if I load up the ballot, it's a PDF. Amy Klobuchar, Tulsi yep. Gabbard. Oh, yeah. Well, these, uh, they haven't dropped. Yep. Rocky. De La Fuente is on here as well. What? Who? <laughs> ROQ here. I'm, I'm going to send you the PDF of this thing if you give me a second. Oh, um, my name is Rocky De La Fuente. Yeah, there we go. He goes by R-O-Q-U-E, what but he calls himself Rocky f- as in, yeah, so here, I'm going to send it to you. Oh, I'm going to send you this PDF if you give me two seconds to find your email address. And then I am going to send you an email with this, with, the, with my ballot on there. Again, not the ballot that I filled out because literally it's just like you fill out a bubble. Um, but these are all the names that are on Arizona's Democratic primary ballot. I've sent it to you with no subject, just my name. So, all right. um, Julian, Julian Castro still on here. John Delaney's still on here. That's crazy. Mayor Pete is on here. Michael Bloomberg, Marianne yep. Williamson is still on here. Andrew Yang is still on here. Tom Steyer yep. is still on here. Uh, I've never seen anybody join CNN panels faster than Andrew Yang, and I was very yeah. excited to see it. It was great. Deval Patrick great. is on here. Bernie yep. Sanders, Michael Ellinger, to- Michael Bennett, Henry Hughes, yeah. Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren, and Joseph Biden. Those are my choices. I can vote for one and no more than one. What is the – what order do they print this? Like, why, uh, why are these names listed the way they are? Is it random? I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know. This is very strange. Because it's like, not it's an not alphabetical, alphabetical. No, yeah. it's not in who's leading. Is it, it? And it's not in the order that they joined because Michael Bloomberg joined last. Yeah, and if yeah, it's super weird. It is weird. I don't know how. Yeah, so that order really... John read it in is the order that it's listed on this page. It's very yes. strange. Like, why is Tulsi Gabbard the second name on the list? Yeah, it's weird. So, anyways, looking at this list of names, I mean, man, what an awful field of people to vote for. Like, there's not the only standout, and the guy that I voted for that I believe has a fighting chance to actually be different enough that maybe there's enough people who just go, you know what, give me something different is Bernie Sanders. And I don't think Bernie Sanders has a chance of winning. I really don't. But I voted for him anyways. 
Um, I think Bernie will end up with the nomination. I think he will too. Um, I think it'll be a pretty bloody mess to actually get to that point. Yes. They, again, this, this happens every. This happened with the Republicans too, though. Don't forget when they were going against Obama. That's you. you beat that's each where other I was. Up. No, I was actually. Yeah. I was. Yeah, I was going somewhere else. I was saying like this is basically Trump, and we, whereas we're not going to have the same kind of disgusting character flaws that Trump has. No. You are going to have some severe ideological flaws. And you are going to have to compromise and swallow that poison pill and vote if you don't want Trump. So you have to decide. And at the end of the day, it is a 50-50 decision because there's no confidence in a third party yep. in winning. So that that's yep. the biggest problem. Again, for me, the safest choice if you just want to go status quo is to put Joe Biden in there. But I don't think that wins you anything. I think enough people look at that the same way they sort of looked at Hillary. And again, Hillary had personality issues that, that they didn't like but i think people look at joe biden and go this is more of the same right every people just go it's just more of the same stop putting the same people out there putting bernie sanders up there is someone different even though bernie's been doing this for a long time it's a different face from you're attached to the clintons you're attached to obama like it's just different so it's a guy that sort of is out there to left field even though i look at this and if you look at around the world bernie sanders is not left field bernie sanders is more He's more center than the rest of the world probably is, as far as like the rest of the Western world is like real not liberals. Really, real there's, liberals. There's certain are not. Weird. But Bernie Sanders still has enough American liberalism that you're just like he's not that far left. He's far left compared to you know Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden. He's not that far left compared to some more of the, some of the other liberals in the rest of the world that aren't in Britain, obviously. True to an extent, but he is more left than them in those Absolutely. cases. And Absolutely. there is some weird stuff. Like the last debate was the first time he was really challenged. And it was kind of Pete that went after him. And he made a good point, which is like, okay, you want to get rid of private insurance. He's like, no country, even the ones that you've referenced, like Denmark, have gotten rid of private insurance. You yeah, because I have private, private insurance. insurance in New Zealand. Right. Yeah, you've <laughs> so, talked about it. Yeah, I've got private so I, I, I also have public health care. Don't, don't forget it. But I also have private yeah. insurance. So. Like the thing that I like about Bernie is that he has an he is an idealist but an idealist for you know seemingly the greater good yes and to compromise from that standpoint with the other far side of the political spectrum can lead to a better center versus if you started a bit further right right but he also I'm not a fan of a lot of his his supporters <laughs> they can be yeah supporters a bit are aggressive and annoying there's a lot going uh, on there and he does have some views, and I, I just don't have confidence in his ability to execute. And it's also super weird that he's running for this ticket as a Democrat after he ran. He was in he was an independent his whole right. his whole political career. He was a Democrat to run in 2016. He then went back to Switched being an back, independent, yeah. and then he went back to being a Democrat. So when you got guys like Michael Bloomberg running, they're like he was a Republican. We don't have a real Democrat running. This is he isn't a real Democrat. It's like your front runner right there to your left is actually the one who is who is uh, who's not a real Democrat. And you've been snoozing on this. And meanwhile, that's the guy who's going to run away with this because I don't know why you're trying to be so hands off because probably because of his his uh, his followers because you got a thirty percent chunk of people that are like ride or die on Bernie, similar to Trump. 
which is why, you know, if Trump lost, he probably would have ran again, and then you'd have the exact same situation. Yep. Now, again, look, Michael Bloomberg, again, I think he's got some really awful policies when he was mayor of New York. I do. As, sure. a, as an African-American, I think he did some really awful things. But mm-hmm. the reason why Michael Bloomberg can't win, because then it just pretty much proves that you can buy an election. <laughs> it's like you can't let the guy win just because he is throwing so much money after this that there's a part of joy of watching him burn his money. But also, if he actually does sort of get closer to winning, it then just proves that. Then you're just going to have literally anyone with a bunch of money just go, well, I, can, I mean, Jeff Bezos should might as well be our president then, if that's the case. There's, there's a little more to it than that, because he's actually, Michael Bloomberg seems to be gaining ground, whereas Tom Steyer, he also entered this as a like a billionaire and is spending a ton of money. And the closest he's going to come is like probably third place in, um, in South Carolina today. By the way, the uh, the South Carolina primary vote is happening today. And here's my biggest concern, actually, is that in the with Bernie as well, Trump and all the Republicans want Bernie to win. Yes. Yes. And they're and they're not even shy about it. Why would they come out and say, oh, yeah, it's really bad the way the Democrats are treating Bernie. I would love I think I think they should treat him better. Yeah. So they could so he could get the nomination and then get get trounced because. I bet the opposition research on that is is insane. If you thought her emails was the uh, was the line, just wait until you see this mountain of shit that's going to come down on Bernie. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to be good. Yeah, again, um, I, I don't. I'm just sort of convinced that I mean they didn't put anyone up who could actually go against Trump. So yeah. you get the president that you deserve. Well, you could have, but it had. Um, like, I honestly think if you had someone like um, Kamala Harris, she probably could have went toe-to-toe to him. Yeah, and she started, with him. And she started but, falling. Yeah, she fell apart because she couldn't, you yeah. know, she didn't, she wasn't able to compete with her peers. Like, again, if you're trying to get someone to go against Trump, it's not a peer of a Democrat. It's not. It's someone that's a bit outside of the box who can yeah. actually go through and systematically tear a guy down like this, and that's not who they're putting forward. It just isn't. Like, they haven't banded together to just go, look, guys, we got to get the one person and just get behind them for this. Because, again, yeah. everyone's out for themselves. So, look, Bernie, for me, has enough of the same, I mean, for someone who's not living in the United States, I think giving Bernie a good solid four years might actually fix some of the bigger problems. Again, it would be very similar to what happened with Obama, and that's why I think Bernie is not going to win, is because he, he wouldn't be able to get any of this stuff through. We'll be able to get a single again. His ideas are so are far enough left that they will just stonewall all of this. Yeah. So well, I'm just going to be I'm going to be a little uh, controversial here, and certainly um, ageist. And my my top two right now are Amy Klobuchar and Mayor Pete, because those two can actually construct construct sentences yeah. and are under seventy years old. I yeah. think yeah. 70 years old needs to be the cutoff. You should not be able to run for president if you're 70 or older. You should be retired. You should be chilling. You should it be should enjoying be your money. should be between the ages of 35 and 70. Should be yeah. that, that's the prime of your adult the life. Loophole, is, the, yeah. I, I will give an exception. If you ran at like, and your re-election is at 70 or after, fine. Run for re-election. Yeah. You're, I'm, I'm okay with that. But- like what are you doing? What? Why at age seventy eight do you want to run for president? Also, the fact that the other thing that really pissed me off about Bernie is that he didn't drop out when he had the perfect time to do so. If he actually gave a shit about the party, 
he would have bailed after he had the heart attack and be like, yeah, but he doesn't I can't, care I can't do this. I'm out. All of a sudden, I just let go of my 30% to actually get behind another candidate. Yeah, and but he could have endorsed somebody then or he could have waited, whatever. It's very clear he doesn't care about the party because he's not a Democrat. <laughs> so he doesn't care about the party. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, so, yeah again, we'll but I voted does. for Bernie because, again, I think if you do want to put someone in there that's, again, I, I believe everything is a pendulum. We've swung way too hard to the other side. Yep. And I think this, I think that's a good, again, we need someone in the middle. The person doesn't exist because these two parties, these two idiots, these two groups of idiots have sort of completely ruined this. So for me, you kind of need to swing back to the other side to hopefully maybe you find a moderate in the middle who can actually push this country forward in the next 20 years. Um, But I don't. Yeah, look, I think Trump's going to win again. I really do. So I do, too. I do. And I don't. Bernie might. I think that. The media is a little blowing out of proportion how badly he would lose. I think just like any election, it'll come down to two or three states, and yep. that's it. Yep. And, but again, uh, though, Bernie's got – if Bernie gets enough young people and enough women behind him, you, you got a fighting chance in any election. And those like young people, women, and minorities. And again, Mayor Pete's got the minority issue. Minorities don't like Mayor Pete. <laughs> Don't know it's why. strange. I don't necessarily know why either. Um, maybe there's some homophobia in there. Who knows? But yeah. yeah. And again, I just don't like Mayor Pete because I'm I'm literally trying to find out who can I put against Trump. And I go, Mayor Pete would get crushed by that dude. He doesn't stand yeah. a chance. He doesn't yeah, stand a chance. Being, it's unfortunate, but being articulate or being matter. articulate doesn't, doesn't actually matter for this. mean you shit. Need, and that's the other thing. Sort of where I the could other say maniac on the other end to fight against this dude. And for me. It's either Bloomberg, and again, I can't, I can't vote for Bloomberg to sit there and just throw his money at Trump. We can't have that, because <laughs> then, yeah, then Jeff Bezos will be our next president. Yeah. Well, you put Jeff Bezos against Trump; those guys hate each other. Yeah, and I think Bezos I, I just, will win. I think you got a better chance. But this is, of Bezos this is my other thing. In. Yeah. This is my other thing about the old thing. It's just like these guys yelling at each other. It's just so weird. It's so weird watching like all these old people just screaming at each other on stage. Yeah. They're like, "Wait, one of you guys are supposed to run this country?" Like, I this looks like just any other old people having a fight. Like, this is so bad. This is awful. Is and bad. the other it's problem bad. with having people that old running is like nothing you do actually is going to have a lasting impact on your life. No, no. Like, you don't but have to get live it. With but this. I think at most, what are you going to have to live? With? You have to, yeah, at most you have like thirty years to live with it. But the, but the fact that Bernie, at least to me, seems to at least understand enough of the issues of the younger generation from an old person is endearing. As in him saying, like, I've been doing this a long time, and I see what it's the issues philo- are. If it's a philosophical thing. That's what it, it is. is. He's looking at, like, the socialism as a, as a philosophical thing. And it, so it, and he's always believed it. So, yeah, steer the, he could steer the course. Like, you know exactly what you're going to get with Bernie. And that, for better or worse, that's what's going to happen. I think if... Would he be better than Trump? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because at least he's not just a dick. Like, yeah. he, he seems to be coming from a place of genu- genuine good. But I also think that he doesn't He doesn't really care. He's like, this is what it should be. So, you know, when people brought up his supporters, he just kind of brushed it off. He's like, oh, no, no, no one should be talking about that. No one should be made online. I yeah. think uh, everybody should be nice. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. But again, yeah, again, I, I voted for him because he was the... He was the only option that I saw out of a, of a slew of really bad options. So, well, if he loses, and if Trump's president, or hell, if if as long, if Bernie and and Bloom, if Bloomberg and Bernie are not president, I'm just going to say it here: they really need to make the TV sitcom Two Old Jews starring <laughs> those two, and it'll be great. It'll be a great. It'll be like the Odd Couple. One's a billionaire, one's a socialist, and. 
yeah, they just they get into all these wacky adventures and situations. Alrighty, look, I, I need to I need to cleanse out my palate here. I'm I'm dying right. from the politic talk too much. We're, we're, mov- we're moving on. We're moving on. That's the end. I just wanted to get out that one thing. All Ooh. right, moving on. Some media therapy, and let let's open it up with a question. Who's older? This is a good one. This might break your brain a little bit. <laughs> Julia Roberts. Oh wow! Or Paul Giamatti. <laughs> wow. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Paul Giamatti's got to be older than her. I don't think Julia Roberts is. She's 50 yet. I mean, Julia Roberts has been in this game for a long time. And that's that's what throws you off, right? Like, um, yeah. like, like another one that's surprising to me is Anne Hathaway, right? Anne Hathaway is much younger than you think she is. She's just been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Um, Anne Hathaway, I'm say, oddly enough, Anne Hathaway, older than Paul Giamatti. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Paul Giamatti is older older than Julia Roberts. All right, you are incorrect. Julia wow. Roberts is older than Paul Giamatti. She was born. Now they are both 52. Julia Roberts is, was born in October. Wait, sorry, I got that. She was born in October the year before him. So he was born in June. She was October. So it's at like eight months. Wow, ten months, like nine months. Eight months. I was right the first time. She is eight months older than Paul Giamatti. Because you look back at her history, man. Like she's the the weird thing with Julia Roberts. I've never pictured Julia Roberts as like that kind of young actress. Does that make sense? No, she's always just sort of been like she's anywhere between late twenties and early thirties for her entire career. <laughs> is the way I've seen it. Yeah, even then, like even early on, you know, she always kind of had that more. Mature vibe, we'll call it. Well, I guess Mystic Pizza. I'm like looking back at her, um, her filmography here. Yeah, because she, she was 32 at the time. She was doing Pretty Woman. If she's born in '67, no, she was 22. Yeah, around 22, 23. So that's what I mean. Like she's just, yeah, like that's just she's been doing this a long time as a leading woman in film. So it's not that she's just sort of been meddling around, but I mean, like, yeah, for her first movie, 1988, she was in her teens. She had to be. Or she had just turned 20. She was 21. And then, again, there's some classic movies in this list of Steel Mag. Like, just movies that you know the the names of. Pelican Brief. Like, Aaron Brockovich. These are all movies that she was still fairly young. But like, Aaron Brockovich, she was, what, like, 33? Or she yeah, was she like was in her 30s? early 30s. Her yeah. 30s. But, again, that's her leading a movie. Like, right, but she also, yeah. she also seemed to be... I, I would have imagined her... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And not not like a bad forties. No, no just, again, bad. she's just always sort of been middle of the road there. She's always looked the same. Like she's always got to stay in the course. Yeah, even now with fifty, she looks like she did when she was in her mid twenties. So good for her. Yeah. It's crazy. It's wild. She was always, um, yeah. I, I always Ocean's Eleven. That's where I always go to for that. But then again, anybody who has any part in Ocean's Eleven, I always go back to. Oh, from Ocean's Eleven, of course. I've seen that movie more. And don't forget the the classic twist in Ocean's 12, spoiler alert, when one of their big plans is that they're going to disguise Julia Roberts as Julia Roberts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an easy way to be that like, how do, we, how do we do this? Okay, just do that. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, Julia Roberts playing Tess Ocean, playing Julia Roberts, and then to 
further break it and go crazier and why that movie is absolutely insane is um, Bruce Willis is in it as Bruce Willis. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really weird. I have, I have mixed feelings. Like either everybody's playing themselves or nobody's playing themselves. Yeah. I, you're kind of breaking, breaking the whole universe there, but it's fun enough. I, I love those movies. Even yeah. Ocean's Eight, I really enjoyed it. Um, you see any movies? You playing any games? You said you're playing a little Children's of Morta? Yeah, it's all right. Um, I watched this movie with Anne Hathaway. That was one of the worst things I've ever watched. Oh, boy. It's on Netflix. It? It's got Ben Affleck in it. It's got Willem Dafoe in it. I don't remember the name of the movie. It was really bad. What? It was oh, about it was about up. the Contras in the eighties. Uh, Last thing he wanted is the name of this movie. I would suggest that you don't watch this. It was awful. <laughs> it was the la- it was the last thing he wanted. Yes, that's the oh, name of the movie. It was awful. Wow, this thirty five percent on five percent Rotten Tomatoes. Terrible. One of the worst things I've ever watched. It was bad. It was confusing. And I know a bit about that actual time in history with Reagan and Contras in, in Nicaragua and El Salvador and Costa Rica. And it's awful. It's a bad movie. Um, this is wild. So, yeah. And with this cast, how, how long ago do you think this thing was really done? And they just sat on it to, to, to kind of bury it in uh, the first two months of 2020. It just came out. <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. It's really bad. Um, what else? I watched Jumanji Next Level. Oh, nice. I, I enjoyed that, that it's basically it, right? the same movie, <laughs> just just a little different, which I personally enjoyed because there's nothing wrong with the first one. I got more of what I liked in the first one. I, I did. Little, uh, I got a little double I, switch in there. Everyone's playing different characters for a little while, and then they have the whole thing, spoiler alert, where everyone switches again back to their original characters. So that way, Kevin Hart can just be Kevin Hart instead of Kevin Hart playing Donald Glover <laughs> or Danny but Glover. I, but I yeah, do love Kevin Hart playing Danny it's Glover. It's, it's great. He, he to me, fantastic. was like Jack Black last movie was like the unexpected, like, okay, this is really funny. This yeah. time, it was Kevin Hart. Because The Rock, it's fine. The Rock's still The Rock. He, as hard as he tries to be, as he tried to be Danny DeVito, he just isn't. But the, yeah. <laughs> but Kevin Hart playing Danny Glover was hilarious. It was very funny. It was perfect. It was absolutely yeah. perfect. They need to they do like a Looper movie with, <laughs> with, <laughs> with Kevin Hart and Danny Glover. Um, so, yeah. So, I watched that. And then, look, I've, I've got a dirty secret here. Uh-oh. Do you remember on this podcast where we talked about 90 Day Fiance, right? We talked about yeah. the Russian woman. Yep. So uh, oh, no. I, I've become hooked on this show. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I have turned through multiple seasons of this show since oh, January. Oh, God. No. It's, this it's, is, come on. This fucked up. Stop. It's, it's, it's Stop. More, it's more amazing the more that you watch it because there's worse people than Anfisa. There's worse. This is what happens. This is what happens when you stop, then you cut out social media, you cut out the news, and you try to look for other forms of entertainment that are not actually, at least there's some now, to be information fair, to now, mine. To be Here, fair, you're trying to fill the void and you're filling it with garbage. To be fair, it's the only reality show that I watch. The only one. Uh-huh. Right. And at this point, I've reached the end of the latest season, which ended a couple of weeks ago. So there's nothing else for me to watch. So look, it was a short, it was a short moment of, of a push here to get through it. And now I'm back to that back to normal, but I'm not going to say that I didn't enjoy it. It's, it's well, tell me, tell watch. me about these, uh, tell me about these uh, crazy people. Then. There's so there's you, there's, there's worse people, and a lot of the Americans are awful. That there's a sprinkling of Trump has made it very hard to do this throughout the or the, the later seasons of this. 
Why? Oh, because, Be- like, because these are people rules? trying to get these K one visas, which are these fiance visas, which basically say you have not. You know, we give you a visa to enter the United States. You have ninety days to marry this person for you to then move on to a green card, right? So that's the whole premise of this visa. And ideally, I would assume that this visa is supposed to be for people who are already sort of made the decision to get married. But of course, because it's a reality show, most of these people, one, shouldn't, get, shouldn't be getting married to each other. And yep. number two, they actually, like, the whole point of the show was like, well, we only have 90 days to figure out if we should get married. And it's kind of like, that's not the point of the visa. <laughs> the point of the visa is you already know that you want to get married. It's just the fact that this is the formality in order for you to enter the country to have a wedding. Like, that is the point of the visa. So anyways, right. there's groups of all these American people who are just trying to bring these people in from all these different countries. Of course, it's the, you know, it's the model girl, the, you know, the 42-year-old dude who's trying to bring in the 22-year-old model from Brazil. Right. Um, but yeah. the interesting thing is a lot more women bringing men in in these later seasons. And it's like it's these men from like this one woman brought in this dude who couldn't speak a lick of English. <laughs> so they're sitting there talking through Google Translate throughout the show. <laughs> <laughs> and they're trying to have arguments and she's like talking to the Google Translate here like Didn't? and it like we're speaking back to him and it's them like talking to their phones there's this one woman who brought in this South African dude and these are this is a younger couple and so during the 90 days she went to Costa Rica for 30 days and he's like why did you bring me over here if you're gonna leave <laughs> so anyway it's like this it's just like non-stop this type of and it, look it's just enjoyable because most of the time, it's families of these people obviously not wanting them to, to make this happen. It's basically them arguing and then in front of the TV camera being like, yeah, but we still love each other anyways. It's just a lot of nonsense. There was the... Now, I think they made a spinoff show, right? Did they? I think that, I thought they made a <laughs> spinoff show with that with that couple that we were talking about. Well, look, the, the thing with that Anastasia couple Anastasia or whatever the hell... What was the, her the, the name fun, the, fun, the fun part... And Fisa. The fun part about this... And the Fisa, I know Jesus. that it, it just made crawls through my skin. The, the fun part about this, though, is that... That dude's in jail. What? <laughs> when? He went to jail. He went to jail. I don't know if they're still married or not. But he went to jail for something. And so th- this one of the seasons that I watch is actually them revisiting everyone's favorite train wrecks, and they were on that season. And so she's, like, throwing stuff at him. She's screaming at him. And then you find out that this dude was in jail. So I think that they're no, long- don't, that they're no longer together. The dude's name was George. Poor, fat George. <laughs> but George yeah. went to jail. George, George did prison time at some point. So I found a – okay, so I guess they do show up in, the, in another season? Yes, that's what I'm saying. I watched that season where they sort of check in with where they are now that they've been married. And she basically kind of leaves him. It's kind of like, I'm done with you. But again, a lot of this is like, oh, well, you just married me to get your green card. And now that you have your green card, you can divorce me. Because once you get a green card, you're in the country and you can divorce. You can, you know, that's pretty much your path to citizenship is getting a green card. But a lot of people, because getting a green card is very difficult. Where normally you have to have some sort of way of showing that, yeah, you know, you've got a career or something that is useful to the American economy. Again, it's gotten harder. But getting married to somebody else is sort of an easy way to backdoor this. So a big part of the show is people saying, like, you're doing this for the wrong reasons. They bring all the couples together and they argue with each other in true reality TV show fashion. Again, I'm not proud that I know so much about this show, but I'm not going to lie and say that I don't enjoy it. <laughs> wow. So Anfisa is on Instagram. And she's like a model, like a fitness model. Because <laughs> who isn't and a she, fitness model? And she has – how many followers do you think she has on uh, on Instagram? 
twenty, thirty thousand? No. <laughs> you you want to try again? Hundred thousand? Nope. She's got five hundred eighty three thousand oh followers. Really? Yeah. So there you go. Just, she's she's made a career. I, I'm not gonna, dude. She's got great abs. Her her her. <laughs> oh wait, so she's in shape. She wasn't always in shape. Her face was. Really dude, puffy. she is jacked. <laughs> she's jacked. Is she jacked? <laughs> yeah, wow. she's jacked. There's this article. All right, all right. I got. I got. I got to send you this article here. Um, let's see here. Keep talking. Vamp a little bit. Look, I just I, gotta, again, I'm opening this in incognito, so it doesn't. Mess again, again, I'm not. I'm not proud of this, but it's 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 one of the more enjoyable things I've watched. Um, just because it's it's very interesting to watch these people try and justify what many of us would argue is just bad decisions. As in, this is not how you find people to spend the rest of your life with. Um, these people don't know each other. No, is that is that not is that not what you do? Yeah, th- these people don't know each other, and they're making sort of these rushed decisions. Oh wow, she is. She's ripped. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. God, but if Fisanova's was- journey from ninety day fiance star to bodybuilder, see her mind blowing fitness. I mean, picks. but this at this point, who's weekly. not? What fitness model on Instagram's not a bodybuilder? They all are. Like that's just that's just the way that it works. Because she was not always in shape. Like again, she wasn't fat. Don't get me wrong, but she wasn't in shape with this, where she's got like visible no. abs and she's like ripped. I said, her abs. Holy crap. Yeah, because she's definitely doing a bit of she's doing a bit of performance enhancing here. Because I mean, if you're willing to do that to Whoa. your cheekbones and your lips, you're willing to take anything. Let's just be honest. Yeah, I suppose she does some work done. And you suppose. <laughs> well, yeah, but hey, you know what? Good for her. So Good yeah, her. you know her, her man, her her loving her loving husband. So she's Who distanced she herself from the much. reality, yeah, from the reality series because now she's got a green card and she's able to work in the U.S. And yep, now as you go down these pictures, she's got more and more abs. She's she's doing some squats. She's living her best life, yep. and she's probably making a bunch of money. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure the last thing on her mind is that dude. Yep, she's she's faced she placed fifth place in a in a in a bodybuilding contest. So yeah, at this point, she's she's making a ton of money. She's doing her thing. S- so why why did that dude go to prison? Um, I have to look it up, but I believe it was something to do with like fraud, because he was he was selling marijuana for a while before oh. it became legal. But I don't know exactly why like why he went to prison. I've got to look this up in, incognito as well. I'll just there, we, there we go. I'm, I'm fine. Oh, you got it. Okay, from good. See, I'm, I'm slow with people. Magazine. We are. Thank God, I'm in incognito now. Looks <laughs> like a child. <laughs> he looks like a fat baby. <laughs> George Nava of TLC's 90 Day Fiance will be spending much more than 90 days in prison. Boo. I don't even want to finish this. <laughs> Nava, who was arrested in Arizona on February 12th, has... A, wait, this isn't this year, though. This is No, no, but no, this is my point. Yeah. That he's gone I'm, just, I'm just saying, yeah. for context of the article, has officially received a sentencing for, proce- for possession of drugs with the intention to sell. Okay. I'm not reading any more than that. I don't need to. Yeah. Yeah, but then there's there's another thing though. If you look it up, there, the latest article from November says he's unrecognizable, thanks to life thanks to life in prison. Oh wow! Did he uh, he come out in shape? I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm trying. Yeah. Whoa! Holy crap! <laughs> see, send you this. See, see how, how do you not get into the nonsense of this? Easy. I don't look for it. <laughs> I don't look for it. I didn't look for it either. It just kind of showed up. <laughs> I mean, he got he got tan. He got tan. His his jaw got square. Oh wow! He looks like he might, uh, he might be the man that uh, that Antifa's always wanted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this show is such a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess of a show. 
it's still it's still very fun to watch. So I'm not gonna lie, it's very fun to watch. Um, who is who is Darcy Silva? No idea. This might have been earlier seasons that I didn't watch. I basically watched seasons five, six, and seven, and they are now about to start season eight, which I will watch after it comes out. I can't watch this in prog- and as it's happening. I have to sort of watch this all at once so I can get the I can get the dirt off me. In a very, you just very you just need manner. to take that hit. You don't want to make a habit out of it. Exactly. Yeah, it's not you a habit. To... It's uh, you know, you go on a bender and then you and then you get off of it. Then you go into rehab. Oh my God, is Alice watching this stuff with you? Of course. <laughs> like this, I, this I was how, really hoping it, it was now. just you. Oh no, get yeah, away! She hates it. Get away! I need my me time. I need my me time. Give me, <laughs> Daddy <laughs> needs his drugs. Give me my drugs. <laughs> no, 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 no. This, this is this is perpetual. This is encouraged. <laughs> this, is, this is not a because there's other reality shows that she watches that I refuse to watch. There's shows on Netflix about people who are who can't see each other. Oh, the circle. Married. There's also trust me. This this is a huge genre. So I'm not people alone love in the circle. This. I I've heard about the circle that you're. And again, talking I, about. I'm not watching the circle. She watched it. I'm not going to watch that mess. Okay, not interested. This is it. You pick your vice. And I you picked stick my with one it. show, and it's this one. This is the one show that I openly tell people I watch. I'm not watching Bachelor, Bachelorette. I'm not watching Survivor. I'm not watching any other reality shows, other than this one. Chopped. Not watching Chopped. The cooking shows are fine. It's just whatever. Like I'm not watching. I I'm good. Like it's just this one. It's this one because it it the ridiculousness is so hilarious. Like there was a guy on this season that you know he starts off as saying yeah I'm a single father so you start to emphasize you start to have empathy for him. <laughs> yeah, and then it comes out that he's got five kids from four different women. <laughs> Well, he's a single father. So it's like, he's, well, he's, look, he's like, oh, single father. One of, like, okay, so one of those cool things is not wrong. Got, yeah. Neither of those things out, are wrong. <laughs> yeah, he's not a single father. He's also kind of absent from other kids' lives. So, but anyways. He look, didn't say is, he's a single father of one kid. He just said he's a single father, which, yeah, based on what you just said, is true. true. Which is true. So look, yeah. it's it's the vice that but, I have. So yeah, you ask me what I'm watching, that's what I'm watching. That's what I've spent the last two weeks doing. Great. I saw the Sonic movie. It's getting. It's got. It's got sixty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not bad. That's the thing. That movie for, for everything that's happened previously, for the premise, for the lineage of video game movies, that movie should be a piece of shit. I mean, and it's I got can, Jim Carrey playing Doctor Robotnik. <laughs> like, I mean, that that this movie should be awful. No, that is the best decision they ever made. Because is as a really? Jim Carrey, here's where the movie is at its best. As a Jim Carrey throwback movie. You know, if you just want to track this as a more kid-friendly, um, the Mask or um, or Ace Ventura, if you just want to see goofy Jim Carrey like he used to be, then this movie will do it for you because he he is great. He is in his element in this movie. So who um, plays the voice of Sonic? I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Wait, does it? someone. It was Sonic. It was just him, right? It was like a real thing. Real. Yeah, it's really Sonic. Yeah, yeah, they just called Sonic from the game and. They just gave him a. They just gave him a haircut. Yeah, well, they got that that stand in for the first trailer. Okay, it's the dude from. It's the dude from Parks and Recreation. That dude. Okay, that's interesting. I would have ben not Schwartz. guessed that he was. I would not guess that he was the voice of Sonic. If you would have gave me a hundred guesses, I would have not picked him. Yeah, it's. Uh, it was a fun movie. I didn't hate it. It was. Uh, it was a good time. I don't think uh, you need to go out of your way to see it. But if it's on the plane, you just want to kill an hour and a half. Yeah, I like a movie I mean. that's a, that's short, I'll see it when it's fun. On the plane. Yeah. Gave a few good laughs. Jim Carrey crushes it as uh, as Jim Carrey, and the after credit stinger is uh, is quite nice for a sequel prospect. The so. funny thing with this is that this is the first time I've ever seen a studio redesign something based on 
backlash and it work. I I can't believe looking back it at these worked. pictures. It worked. Yeah. It's nuts. It because normally this doesn't work. Like even with cats, they kind of right. You get all this feedback of oh god, it's creepy. This is this, and people tend to go. I mean, look, I worked on the first Ninja Turtles movie of this reboot, and people had yeah. very similar like the turtles look weird, and you just stick with it, right? You just keep saying screw it. We're down the production pipeline. We're going to do it. They actually looked at this and said, you know what? We can't release this movie this way. We have to fix this. It's amazing that normally that doesn't happen. Normally the internet backlash, and again, people going through and changing the design and stuff, they pretty much just took a lot of those design changes and said, we're just going to do that. Um, and it worked, and it paid off. So it's not it's, – it's very rare that that happens, that you make a decision and a studio is willing to backtrack on it, and it actually pay off. So yeah, I would say that this movie, if they didn't change this design, this movie would have been considered a bomb. They would have said it looked weird. They would have said the story's not any good. And the fact that they were able – they obviously had a story that was good enough – Right? It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be good enough. No, it's a good they, kids movie. That's and what they were is. able to redesign this where people could get over the fact that Sonic looked weird and actually just say, you know what? It's a good kids movie. It was enjoyable. It was... The, I mean, looking at the old design, it's so weird. It's awful. This, it's, awful. It's, <laughs> it's so weird. It's it's super creepy. Well, you said... I remember you found the picture of like that cracked out tails. I was like, well, if that's what Sonic <laughs> looks like, this is what it yeah, but so, they made it look like Sonic, and he was endearing as a character. He was fun. You know, he is a little annoying at times, but that happens. And it was it was a fun movie. There was this weird... The first five minutes are really strange. Oh, God. Look, looking at this redesign, it's so creepy. <laughs> like, the teeth, I think, is the thing that yeah, makes it it's, the creepiest. <laughs> it's the teeth and, like, the little beady eyes. It's just super terrifying. There's some odd lighting that's going on with it, too. It's, it's, all, it's all awful. It's the, the only... The, the first five minutes of the movie are really strange. And have nothing, seemingly nothing to do with it. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, here's this owl person who seems really important. And then you just never hear anything about that person, that thing ever again. I was like, was that? Yeah, part it's of funny. The like, games? I'm looking at this redesign. It's like they really tried to make him look like a real hedgehog. <laughs> and that's why it's creepy. Yeah, which is a terrible idea. It's like, a the terrible premise, idea. Your premise is so fucking stupid. If you don't lean in, like, yeah. put aside anything. Your premise is dumb. Like, in a, yes, I get stupid. it, you're writing a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, but that alone is dumb. It's dumb. So don't try to force realism into yeah. that. Lean in to what the fans actually want, because that's who you have to lead with. At least that's how I see it. Yep. You, know, you don't want to alienate everybody, but... You're not going to help your purposes when you have this really freaky looking anthropomorphic hedgehog. Yeah. So, look, I mean, credit to them the fact that they were able to go back and actually redesign this thing successfully. Like, that's pretty cool. That doesn't happen often. And it's cool that they actually leaned into it and just realized, okay, if this thing's going to be successful, we got to spend the money and fix it. So, yeah. And I could give you a little spoiler about the, the post credit scene. I, I, I know what it is because I think I asked, asked you about it. You told me. You did ask me, end. and I told you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Tales spoiler alert if you really care. Yeah, if you really care. I just said it. I straight up said it. <laughs> Tales, is in Tales, it. Tales, Tales, in, Tales in the post credits. So, this movie is wildly successful. There will be a sequel. Well, yeah, because I want to see. Tales is, Tales is my favorite Sonic oh, character. Oh, that's your favorite. I want to yeah. see Knuckles. Give me Knuckles. Knuckles is fun. And you know pretty. what? Give me Shadow. Give me Shadow the Hedgehog with guns. From Shadow the Hedgehog, oh, the game, because that no, was yeah, a I'm, real. I'm, I'm looking game. at this. <laughs> I love the the image of <laughs> the image I sent you of Tails. I oh, the, the cracked out one, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah man, this, they, this Tails is adorable. Look, he's he's adorable. He's cute. He's like he's like Baby Yoda. They actually did make a Shadow the Hedgehog game, and he actually sh- had guns. He had guns, even on the box art. It was him holding a gun. I, th- I think I remember playing that game. By the way, they still make, they still make Sonic games like frequently, 3D, 2D. If you want a good Sonic game, 
we can end on this. Like if you actually do want a Sonic fix, Sonic Mania is actually a great is a great game. And it's the best it's probably the best Sonic game, full stop. Yeah, Tails and is adorable. It's great. Oh, look at this image. He's great. So yeah, I'm down for I'm down for that. Oh, sequel. the of the the one in the uh um, the post credits. Yeah. yeah. It's adorable. Yeah, they did good work. And and imagine so imagine if that was always the plan. What would the actual would it actually look like that cracked out version? Also, be, <laughs> be very careful when searching for Sonic the Hedgehog stuff on the internet. Really? Yeah, you can okay. get some weird stuff. Oh wow! Okay. Well, I mean, Sonic's been around long enough. Sure. I'm saying the the furry community is very uh, <laughs> they're passionate, very passionate. And I'm not saying that Sonic is like the root of it, but it's definitely it's an empowering franchise. I'll say. Yeah. I, it's at been least been around I for assume. a long time. It's been around for a long time. Yes, it has. So, well, anyway, I have nothing else to talk about. That's it. What's in this thing? That's it. We're wrapping it up. Um, if you haven't reviewed this podcast on iTunes, you made it this far, so clearly you like it, or you just were out of reach of a button to change the channel, or you don't have an Alexa or some other smart device in your home to tell it to stop. Don't worry, we'll be done soon enough if you're in that camp. But if you're not and you enjoy it and you haven't reviewed us on iTunes, please do so or any other service where you can. But I believe iTunes is the only one that really matters. And uh, yeah, check out our website, Financial Pod. Uh, Jesus, not Financial Podcast. Wow. That's the old one. Don't go there. It was bound to happen eventually. I mean, you can go there if you want to and listen to 200 and some odd episodes of the old one. I mean, not going to stop doing that. It's still but you, go to he's a, you go to he'sabroad.com. You can find links to everything there. Uh, yeah. Twitter at he's abroad, Facebook dot com he's abroad somewhere and that's it this podcast is over 